And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today, folks. The battle is raging, but we are winning. In the name of Jesus, I declare it. <laughs> we are winning. Amen. There's a great big election going on in California today. I don't know what the outcome will be. I can't predict that. But I know one thing. I think the people of California are awakening. In fact, I'm going to have Jack Hibbs on my program at some point. Uh, pastors, pastor there in um, Chino Hills, California, Rob Roy, uh, a pastor also out in California. It'll come to me exactly where he is. But there are two great pastors, and there are many, many more who really believe that an awakening is happening in California. And folks, if an awakening is happening in California, look out. Look out. I mean, we are on the cusp of something truly great. No matter what the outcome of the election is. I mean, the fact that they collected, what was that, I think, two million signatures to, to uh, recall the tyrant Gavin Newsom. Uh, and the man is tyrannical. I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. He, maybe he closed up churches and threatened pastors and fined them. And, and while he's out doing $300 plate dinners with no mask on, and you know, it, it just, it, it's just ridiculous. That's, that's the way tyrants behave. In other words, everybody else you do this, but no, me, oh, no, I'm, I'm special. You see, I'm exempt. It's like, remember John Kerry lecturing everybody? Well, when you're a person like me, who is as important as I am, you can't just fly around on commercial airlines like everyone else. You have to fly in a private jet. And I'm flying around in order to stop carbon emissions. <laughs> Well, guess what, John? You're emitting a bunch of carbon emissions by flying around one person in a great big old private jet. And I don't listen, folks. I do not belabor. Uh, I, I do not begrudge, I should say. Uh, John carry his jet. But I just begrudge the hypocrisy of lecturing the rest of us about too much carbon emissions. Well, he drives, he rides around in a private jet. When he could fly commercial, he could do it if he were really committed, if he, if he thought that the planet was really at stake. But these people, please, this is just nothing but a power play, an opportunity to get more power in the hands of the state so they can control more people's lives, micromanage you and me. Uh, how, we will tell you how high your thermostat should be. You don't, you don't get to make that decision. You're not smart enough for that. And we will tell you what needs to be done to save the planet because you bunch of rubes out there don't know anything about the planet and you don't know anything about clean air and clean water and you don't care about the environment. And it takes we elites to tell you what you need to do. And since you won't do it unless you're forced to do it, and we just point the gun of the state at you and, and make you do it whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's the mindset, folks. But you know what? They're going down by the numbers, <laughs> I guarantee you. You know, I was thinking of Psalm, um, Psalm 37, and I'm just going to share that with you as part of the— Oh, and by the way, folks, I've got a tremendous guest coming up. I told you I was going to have him, Dr. Reich, Dr. Harvey Reich of Yale University, a renowned epidemiologist, going to come and talk to us about COVID and some of the things I heard him say on Fox— but here is Psalm 37. Psalm 37 says, uh, I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Well, in the New King, King James Version it says, and spreading himself like a native green tree. Psalm 37 verse 35 says, and yet he passed away and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright for the future of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength 
in the time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, folks. <laughs> that is good stuff. And that's the truth. That's what the outcome of this situation is. They can, they can yell and scream and protest and loot and shoplift and riot and go crazy and, and try to teach Black Lives Matter and 1619 Project and all this weird stuff and, and try to propagate all this crazy stuff to our population. You know, nobody knows whether they're male or female. They got to figure that out later. I mean, yeah. But you know what? I have seen the wicked in great power. But then I looked for him and he could not be found. I sought him and behold, he was not. And that's not because we're going to do anything to them. That's because they're going to bump right up against the justice of almighty God. It is inevitable. You can't defy God forever. Sooner or later, there comes a day of reckoning. And I believe that day is coming sooner rather than later. I really do. And, but but the, the other thing is, I, I really believe that a lot of the people, look, folks, when I find myself agreeing with Bill Maher, now something strange is happening. You know, Bill Maher actually said all of this. I mean, he has been railing. He, he jumped on this whole thing of playing two national anthems at the NFL game. Two national anthems. First of all, they, the, 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 the idiots doing that don't know that Lift Every Voice and Sing by James Weldon Johnson is a Christian hymn. They probably wouldn't play it if they knew that. It's a Christian hymn. It is not the black national anthem. It's a Christian hymn. You read the words, it doesn't say anything about it being a black national anthem. But of course, it was adopted as that. And so pe some people began to call it that. But that was not the name. The name of the song is Lift Every Voice. And it's a song about liberty and about faith in God. If they understood that, they probably would say, you know, we can't do that. that we, we can't impose our religion on people. Because if somebody stood up to pray, oh, they would go apoplectic. So they're too dumb to, to know what they're doing. But nevertheless, there aren't two national anthems in America. There is no black national anthem because there is no black nation in America. There are American citizens here. That's it. That's all. And give me a break. Black national anthem. That sounds like Louis Farrakhan. You know, we need a state that we can call black, the black state and and he's going to run it. Him? I wouldn't go anywhere near the place with that crazy man. But, but Bill Maher, of all people, saying you can't have two national anthems? Thank you, Bill. First time maybe that I've ever commended an atheist. Well, no, second time. I, I, there was one other time I commended an atheist. <laughs> I'll tell you what that is later. I'll tell you what that situation was later. Uh, but but thank you, Bill. Wow, Bill Maher, atheist? When even he gets it. All these people claiming to have faith in God. What is wrong with them? A house divided against itself cannot stand. You can't have two national anthems. It's one national anthem. That's it. That's all. And it's racializing. He talked about, you know, having separate graduations and separate classrooms. This stuff is insane. It is a regression to tribalism is what it is. It is exactly what the civil rights movement was intended to stop. And here they are rushing headlong into the abyss. And we're not following them. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. 
Rod Dreyer has been writing about the plight of Princeton professor Joshua Katz. He has been attacked by students, faculty, and administration over his public dissent of attempts to give additional benefits to Princeton faculty of color, additional salaries, or sabbatical semesters. Dreyer, as you may remember, is the author of the book Live Not by Lies that describes the similarity of communist countries that attacked anyone who engaged in dissent from the totalitarian orthodoxy. That was what he called hard totalitarianism. Today, he argues we have soft totalitarianism practiced on college campuses, by social media platforms, and by woke companies. Professor Katz is a distinguished classic professor with tenure. Therefore, it is harder for the university to cancel him. Instead, the university directs incoming freshmen to read about him on the university website, in which Professor Katz is introduced to them as one of the most evil people on campus. The same week this article appeared, there were notable examples of people being canceled. For example, Army General Michael Flynn was notified by Chase Bank that they were going to cancel his credit cards because he posed a possible reputational risk to our company. Once that story hit the news, the company claimed their letter was a mistake. Candace Owens received an email from a COVID testing facility refusing her service because of her politics. Of course, she could merely go to another clinic to get a COVID test. But we also know that you are not allowed to decline to bake a cake or provide flowers for a same-sex wedding ceremony. These are just a few examples of how soft totalitarianism is surfacing in nearly every part of American society. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. Go deeper on topics like you just heard by visiting pointofview.net. That's pointofview.net. This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. As it says in Psalm 46, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. What an apt description of what's occurring around us. From the travesty in Afghanistan to the rapid downfall of our own nation, yet God's word does not leave us without hope. Psalm 46 also reassures that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, and he will be exalted among the nations. In spite of the societal upheaval and the spiritual decline that abounds in America, we must not wallow in despair or put our heads in the sand. Rather, we need to take every opportunity to boldly speak truth into the confusion of this age. As my mentor, Don Wildman, often has said, God doesn't call us to be successful, but to be faithful. Rest in God's sovereignty, but don't retreat from the battle. Today, let's labor for the Lord. This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Well, folks, I was watching uh, an interview one evening, and Dr. Harvey Rich was on talking about COVID, and there's so little good information out there, and so often you feel you're being lectured and talked down to, and and just basically told, just shut up and, and, and do what you're told. And, and I found this brilliant professor and, and medical doctor talking to people like he thought they were capable of understanding and, and talking in a way that made sense, that, that I could grasp. And I thought, well, I'd really love to have him on and interview him. And, and, and maybe we can get some questions in with him as well. My guest is Dr. Harvey Reich. He is a professor of epidemiology at the Department of Epidemiology and Public Health at the Yale School of Public Health and the Yale School of Medicine. Received his MD degree from the University of California, San Diego, PhD from the University of Chicago. Wow. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on. He's the author of more than 350 original peer-reviewed research publications in medical literature, and um, he's been cited 44,000 times plus by other scientific publications. He's a member of the Connecticut Academy of Sciences and Engineering. And here again, there's so much more I could say. Dr. Rich, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and sharing this important information about a very, very important subject in our country right now. So thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure to be with you. Uh, look, my first question, Doctor, is what what really grabbed my attention is uh, my wife and I had COVID back in November. 
We had a relatively mild case of it, so we had no breathing problems. Uh, we, we were not hospitalized. In fact, we weren't given any uh, uh, prescriptions or medications or anything by the doctor. He just said, stay home and rest, and we did. And, and it was over, and we went back to business as usual. And we've been tested for the antibodies, and we have them. But we keep saying, well, why doesn't anybody talk about the natural immunity that millions of Americans who've had COVID have? And yet you were the first doctor uh, of, of your stature to come on and say, yeah, there, there is something to natural immunity that needs to be recognized. Why? First of all, tell us what that is for people you said who've had basically mild cases of it. What, what is their immune system doing uh, that, that nobody else seems to be talking about? And, and why aren't they talking about it? Okay, so the immune system has two main parts that fight off infections. One is antibodies that circulate, and the other is cells that have antibodies on their surface. Both of them attack viruses, bacteria, uh, and other uh, predatory infections. And this system has been worked out not just in humans, but for billions of years in, in all animals that have had to cope with the infective lower forms of life. <clears throat> and it works very well. You know, we wouldn't be here. We would have been long ago dead from infections if we didn't have this very successful method of fighting off things that try to attack us. And so suddenly, you know, COVID comes around, and for some bizarre reason, the idea that natural immunity, after having fought off the, the, the virus infection, doesn't exist or is weak or is weaker than vaccines, has been put into the public discussion without evidence without regard to knowing anything about virology. The virology is consistent with everything we know about natural immunity from, from natural infection. And this is one of the very bizarre propaganda pieces that has been inflicted upon the American public and the world as a whole because of major corruption in the, the media. And that's not just the lay media. It's also in the medical media and medical journals and so on. And it's very distorted what we perceive as the way to deal with, with the pandemic. But natural immunity is very strong. It works very well. It is much stronger than, than vaccine immunity for almost everybody who, who's been infected. And it, and it lasts longer. And I'm not just saying that as opinion. It's a matter of data now that we've seen from a few countries that show how much longer the, the, the immunity is, and we measure the, the benefit of the immunity, not from measuring antibody levels, but from seeing how many people get infected after they've already had COVID versus how many people get infected after they've been vaccinated. So it, what matters is the, the effects on humans, not in the lab. Now, you also said something that I, I had never heard anybody say before, uh, and, and I think a lot of people in our audience uh, and around the country are wondering, what, what is this with these variants? These variants are popping up and suddenly the vaccine is not effective against them. And people who've had the vaccine are still getting sick and sometimes even winding up in the hospital. And, and you need to have a booster shot. And, and I think this is part of the skepticism people have. They hear so many different stories. But I heard you say something about the vaccine actually not actually perhaps in some way causing or opening the door to these variants. Yes, that is, that is correct. This infection, the virus itself has a, the, an enzyme in it that reproduces itself. And that enzyme is very error prone. And what that means is each person who gets infected makes thousands of variants. Each person makes thousands of variants. Most of these variants don't go anywhere because each one has to compete with the virus, the, the regular virus that doesn't have the, the, any of the mutations. And that one was already proven to be good because that's how the person got infected. So most of the variants that people make when they get infected don't get out into other people. Sometimes they do, but it's rare. Most of the time they don't. Once you start vaccinating people with vaccines that don't quite kill all the virus. In other words, the antibodies that the vaccine makes 
it will attack the, the virus. But if the virus can still multiply, even with having been vaccinated, and certainly that happens until the person has fought off the, in, the infection after the vaccination, people are exposed, so they have to fight off the infection when they're vaccinated. But in that circumstance, the virus will still make mutants. And any mutants now that escape the immunity of the vaccine now have a free ride. They can get out, they can multiply freely and, and get out of that person. So now, instead of having to compete with the original virus that already nature already made strong enough to infect people, now we've got mutant strains that only have to compete against the vaccine itself in order to get out. And so the vaccine will suppress a lot of the, the virus reproducing because that's what it's engineered to do. But in the cases where there are mutants that are able to bypass the effect of the vaccine, they get out. And that's why the vaccines, even though they do a, 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 a partially good job at least, or maybe a very good job, in suppressing most of, or their immunity, in suppressing most of the virus infection, when it doesn't work, it generates mutants that are able to bypass the vaccine. And that's where you get vaccine-resistant mutants. And once that happens, then you get new strains that spread. And, and so this can happen with Delta. It can happen with, with anything that only partially neutralizes a, a virus infection. Because they're already talking about a, a, a second vari uh, variant, of the mu, I believe it is. Uh, is this something that can kind of perpetuate itself? Just you know, in other words, one variant after another, challenging the the, the vaccine. Well, yes and no. The the yes is any variant. That, I don't think mu is going to do that very large, very much. But any okay. variant that that gets out that bypasses the vaccine can do that. But at the same time, variants that get out and bypass the vaccine infect other people. And one of the things that people don't understand that's been misrepresented in this is that the way we're going to get out of this pandemic is by natural immunity, not by vaccine immunity. Vaccine immunity will contribute to it. I'm not saying it doesn't work. It does work. But it doesn't work well enough that these uh, escape mutants will, you know, will not get out. They, they will, you know, re repeat getting out and making waves. And the, the reason that this will stop is because the, the population has enough natural immunity that combined with the vaccine immunity will make those waves into little bumps and, and not real waves like Delta has been. And so what we need in order to end the pandemic is large natural immunity very widespread natural immunity. And so policies like lockdowns that do the opposite, that prevent people from getting infected, are counterproductive. All they do is prolong the inevitable. They prolong the pandemic. What we want is to safely allow people who are healthy and can tolerate the infection to get it and develop their own natural immunity. And we have to protect the people who can't do that, who are at high risk. Older people, people with uh, diabetes or obesity or chronic diseases that make them at high risk of bad outcomes from the infection, they're the ones who have to be protected, either by vaccination or by medications that we know that work very well. We protect those people. Everybody else needs to feel comfortable and confident that they'll get COVID either asymptomatically. The great majority of people who've had COVID have had it without symptoms and don't know they've had it. Um, but people who, who have had symptoms, by and large, it's, it's annoyable, annoying, uncomfortable, tolerable, and they get over it. And most people do fine after that. People who <clears throat> may have uh, some pulmonary and lung involvement need treatment to help them get over that quickly. We have those medications, and so that's how we manage it. Doc, uh, thank you. Uh, look, I, I, I want to hold you over and uh, we're going to try to take some questions because I'm sure there'll be some people who have questions and you're an expert on this stuff and I'm sure they'd love to hear your view. And I've got a couple of other questions for you too. Folks, sure. Dr. Harvey Reich of Yale University, back in a moment. It's my turn. 
Here is your host for my turn, Don Wildman. Some of our children have been cheated. They have the best chance at a good education, and countless opportunities belong to them in the business world. They have never had a time in history when their chance of making a good living was as good as it is right now. But they're cheated, robbed, and it is the parents who are to blame. Back during the Vietnam War, a young soldier named Terry J. lay wounded and near death. He was caught in a battle and saw no way to escape alive. So following what he considered to be his final living minutes, he wrote a letter to his mother. The Bristol, Virginia Herald Courier carried the letter later. Here's what he said. Dear Mother, you let us down. You never taught us to pray, and you never even sent us to Sunday school where somebody else could have done so. Yet there I was, right on the brink of eternity, and I didn't even know how to commence or what to say to the Lord. So please correct this error before Bud and Sis get away from home. Luckily for me, our chaplain has befriended me, but it's an awful sensation to face death and not even know how to speak to God. I didn't make it up. I just clipped it from the paper. And the story's true. It happened just that way. So you see, some of our children are cheated, and we parents are the ones to blame. Shame on us for giving our children everything in life except that which they shall eternally need. Shame on those of us who call ourselves parents and yet raise our children ignorant of life's greatest riches. Twice shame upon us. We're guilty and the error is on our record. Another soldier wrote the following poem. It too speaks of the way our children are cheated. Look, God, I've never spoken to you, but now I want to say, how do you do? You see, God, they told me you didn't exist. And like a fool, I believed all of this. Last night from a shell hole, I saw your sky. I figured right then they'd told me a lie. Had I taken the time to see the things you made, I'd know they weren't calling a spade a spade. I wonder, God, if you'd shake my hand. Somehow, I feel that you understand. Funny, I had to come to this hellish place before I had time to see your face. Well, I guess there isn't much more to say, but I'm glad, God, I met you today. I guess the zero hour will soon be here, but I'm not afraid since I know you're here. The signal? Well, God, I'll have to go. I like you lots, I hope you know. Looks like this will be a horrible fight. Who knows? I may come to your house tonight. Though I wasn't friendly with you before, I wonder, God, if you'd wait at the door. Look, I'm crying. Me shedding tears. I wish I'd known you these many years. Well, I'll have to go now, God. Goodbye. Strange, since I met you, I'm not afraid to die. I didn't make the poem up. It was found on a 19-year-old soldier in Vietnam. The sad part is that he was dead. Indeed, many parents have cheated their children. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. My guest is Dr. Harvey Risch, epidemiologist from Yale University. And we're talking, of course, about COVID and All of us are talking about it and thinking about it, probably with our families, with our friends. Uh, So, Dr. Rich, I want to try to get a couple of calls in. Folks, uh, we've only got him for one more segment. The number is 888-589-8840. I won't be able to get a lot of calls in, but I'm going to try to get a couple in. 888-589-8840 if you have a question for Dr. Rich. Now, now, Doctor, you said in, in our uh, discussion in the last segment, you used a couple of interesting phrases. You talked about propaganda. You talked about misleading. And, you know, as a student of history, my understanding of science has been, or used to be, that scientists fought and argued and debated and challenged each other's theories and, and, and demanded more evidence about things. 
Are, are we at a point now where science has become so politicized that people just kind of go along with whatever the quote unquote consensus is rather than, again, engaging in that kind of vigorous, healthy debate and challenge and demanding more evidence and making sure? Why is it that propaganda comes into play and, and, and things that you said can be misleading? So the answer is yes, but not voluntarily. Um, one of my maxims is that when a person has is able to argue a point, they know they have data that, and evidence that they can bring to it. When they don't have data and evidence, instead of arguing it, they censor. And that's what we've seen, that the public discussion of pros and cons of lots of the things that we've had to deal with, policies, evidence, and so on, have not been debated. They've been censored. One side has been censoring the other. And you can't possibly arrive at an optimal conclusion when you can't debate the pros and cons and, and come up to the best of everything that nature is telling you. So censoring is, is a method of idea control, not a method of, of science. Science has always been argued and negotiated. What should people do who, given the fact, here again, you as, as an experienced, uh, reputable scientist would say, yeah, there's some censoring going on, there's some misleading going on, propaganda. The average citizen, people who are calling right now to, to, to talk to you, are thinking, you know, can I trust this thing? Can I trust what I'm being told? Um some people have argued that the way this thing was rushed through, there are no telling what the long-term effects might be. Um, what's your perspective on the level of skepticism that a lot of people seem to have about this quote-unquote vaccine in general? Well, I think skepticism is, is warranted, but I think that there's also evidence, and the evidence increases over time, and... You know, as people get more secure with the evidence, they can make rational decisions that were harder to make six months earlier. And basically, because there's so much censoring of alternate viewpoints, people today have to go back to the actual evidence, have to go back to the scientific papers and read the papers and, and try to make up their own minds from the evidence as best they can find it. Uh, I'm only a messenger. I don't, I, you know, I read the same papers and I draw the conclusions, but I point to the papers, and, you know, and so uh, that's all anybody can do. And you try to make educated guesses from what you see. There are, you know, uh, maybe, uh, maybe half a dozen crucial papers about the evidence for efficacy of the vaccine. They were shown to be very efficacious in the studies that were done by the manufacturers at the beginning. There's now evidence that their efficacies have waned over time, that they last for three to six months in terms of reducing um, infection, risk of infection. They may last a, towards six months on the, of reducing serious uh, events or, or death from, from the infection, but they certainly allow people who are vaccinated to transmit the virus to other people. There's no clear evidence that the vaccines prevent, absolutely prevent transmission. And that's the main thing that the vaccines were supposed to do. The moral mm -hmm. reason why we're supposed to be vaccinated is to prevent other people from getting the infection. But once everybody can choose to get the vaccine, you choose for yourself. They're free. They're available. There's no moral reason why I have to take a vaccine to, to prevent someone else from getting the infection if that person can take the vaccine for him or herself. So it should be a personal choice, and, and therefore everybody needs to make their choice freely and as informed as they can be. Well, what you just said about the, the efficacy of the vaccine itself, I mean, here again, you're not hearing that very much either, and you're right. It was sold as a permanent, long-term fix for this. You won't get it. You won't transmit it once you get the vaccine. Uh, and now people are being forced to take it, even though we're finding out uh, my understanding is the CDC is not even they're, they're not even gathering data on how many people now others are. But the CDC is not gathering data on how many people who've had the vaccine end up getting COVID again. That's correct. So, yeah. And that's here again. Well, 
I don't want to dominate this conversation because we've got people lined up to ask you questions. Folks, I would just ask, since we've got a very limited time, maybe three minutes, maybe four, uh, to keep your question brief and to the point, and let's give the doctor uh, an opportunity to answer it. Let's go to Peggy in Kentucky. Peggy, welcome. Uh, yes, uh, I am a diabetic and overweight. Uh, should I get the shot? And if I did, uh, would it hurt others in my household that don't get the vaccine? I'd say that it places you at, at increased risk, and you should talk to your medical care provider about, you know, whether it's, it's appropriate for you to get the vaccine. But I think you have a, a, a reasonable reason to you know, view the pros and cons. Yes, you would definitely think about it. All right. Thank you for the call, Peggy. And, and Doc, the other thing you said was, um, I said at the very beginning, and I'm, I don't have the expertise you have, but I thought, why didn't we emphasize more dealing with the people who are high risk and leaving the people who are relatively healthy uh, who, who don't have, uh, have almost no chance of dying from this thing Leave them alone. But and that, that's what you just suggested. That would have moved us more quickly toward herd immunity, so to speak, uh, rather than, you know, one size fits all and treating everybody the same. That's right. Uh, that's exactly right. Let's go to David in Virginia. David, welcome. Hi, thank you very much for taking my call. And uh, so my question has to do with um, how important is it to keep your immune system strong uh, by uh, eliminating things that could suppress your immune system, like uh, drinking pop all day long, and, uh, and also um, taking supplements to boost your immune system. How, uh, what kind, how important is that uh, on this day, please? Okay. Thank you, David. The, the most critical thing is that everybody should be taking vitamin D supplements. Uh, this is generally not well perceived across the country, but everybody should, if you're not taking vitamin D, you should probably be taking on the order of 10,000 units of vitamin D daily for a month. And, and that's vitamin that, D. Vitamin D is in David, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. And then after that, if you've been taking vitamin D, you should be at the, probably along the level of 5,000 units per day, just indefinitely. And... The only way you know for sure is to have a laboratory measure your, your blood vitamin D levels. But we know that infections of all kinds, the risks are reduced with people who have very good high normal levels of vitamin D. Most people have a deficit of vitamin D, especially after being indoors for the last year and a half. And it's crucial for everybody to have good vitamin D levels. Well, doctor, we're almost out of time. I, I just want to say the reason I wanted you to come on the program is that I didn't hear an agenda in your comments. I didn't hear a political dialogue or, or you know, uh, any kind of propaganda. I heard a person who was simply interested in following the evidence wherever it leads. Uh, and I, I really do appreciate that because we need more of that. I think we had more of that, more people like you. I think there would be a lot more people who would feel confident making a decision as opposed to kind of being up in the air, skeptical, not sure. So, so Doc, thanks for your clarity on the subject. We really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. God bless Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, sir. Uh, folks, 888-589-8840 uh, is the number. We're going to continue to take your calls back in a moment. The Gospel. What I heard on the radio, you guys have changed my life. Vital information. My kids and I are so thankful for you, and we love your news and everything that y'all give out. God is using American Family Radio to transform American culture. We'd love to hear your story. Call 877-876-8893. That's 877-876-8893. You might hear yourself on the air during our share October 12th, 13th, and 14th. When you hear this, 
This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Judy Goodell and her husband set up a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation. What we love about it is that it represents stewardship principles that we feel strongly about. So we got very, very excited about this opportunity. With a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation, an AFA supporter can guarantee a permanent monthly income, as well as supporting the American Family Association for years to come. We do feel convicted about really praying about all that God has really blessed us with. And so many people we know just want to leave it all to their kids. And we know the danger of that. And so, We just are really just trying to pray through it, and God gave us great confirmation as we prayed that this would be a good use of the Lord's money. Find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or email foundation at afa.net. I point out that many students in our universities, Christian students, they will not be talked out of their faith, but they will be mocked out of their faith. Dr. Erwin Lutzer on Focus on the Family Minute. And because of the shaming that goes on that you referred to, as a result of that, oftentimes you have this self-censoring attitude where you just retreat into silence. What is the role of the church in the midst of a collapsing culture. And I point out how necessary it is for us to be able to speak in a culture in which the person who shouts the loudest wins the argument. We don't shout, but we do have to speak. And what we have to do is to be willing to take the consequences. Hear more from Dr. Lutzer about taking a stand for Christ at familyminute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. The number is 888-589-8840. Now, folks, here's what I heard. I'm no medical doctor, and as I always say to you all, AFR is not a medical network. We don't give medical advice. That's between you and your doctor, so please understand that. But here's what I heard from, from this good doctor. Uh, If you are a high-risk person, you probably more want to consider getting the vaccine because of the dangers that COVID might pose to you if you're a high-risk. You've got diabetes. You're you're obese. You've got heart problems. I said uh, somebody that I knew had heart bypass surgery, diabetes, and obesity, and uh, and ended up getting the virus and said it it uh, it was scary. It was really, really scary. Um, by the way, this person said they ended up taking one of the palliatives, uh, iver- ivermectin, and he said it helped him. Now, here again, I'm not telling you you do that. I'm just saying this is what uh, a friend of mine told me. Um, but I heard the doctor say if you are low risk for a, a, a so-called vaccine that's going to be good for three to six months, when what you ultimately want to aim for is natural immunity— that seems to me, just here again, what, what I was hearing was you probably don't want to get the vaccine because you might well inhibit your ability to ultimately fight the thing off if you end up getting it. And you may be contributing. By the, and was this news to you? You may be tr- contributing by creating variants. He said the variants are created in the human body. And when the virus is incapable of dealing with what the the body creates, those variants can then get out, and that's what creates the new wave. Wow, I never knew that. And you you, you you don't hear that in mainstream media. Here again, folks, it's not Bishop E.W. Jackson, who's not a medical doctor. That's Dr. Harvey Risch, epidemiologist from Yale University, medical doctor, Ph.D., cited in 44,000 peer-reviewed articles, researcher, And that's what he's saying. And notice he also said, it's your choice. 
it, it, sh- it shouldn't be something that's forced on anybody. So they, they tell us, follow the science, follow the science. You Christians are anti-science. No, no, I'm anti-propaganda, and I'm anti-being manipulated. I'm anti-being told what to do uh, by some half-baked so-called experts who really are, tr- are just trying to manipulate me. But when I hear a doctor like this speak, I can respect that because I don't sense that the man has an agenda. I don't sense that he's trying to push something on me or trying to make me move a certain way or think a certain way. He's just here the facts. And that's what I saw in that interview. And I said, I'd like to get this guy on. So I hope you all enjoyed that. In fact, maybe we'll bring him back on again because I'm sure there you all have some questions. I do, too. But I only had him for two segments about the vaccine itself because I, I did probe that a little bit about what it does in the human body, exactly how it operates in the human body, because he got into that a little bit, and I'd like to explore that more too, what it does potentially to human DNA and all of that. So, Because you all have raised some of those questions with me. I am not qualified (laughs) to answer those questions. Uh, But look, there are a number of issues we could talk about, but since we started out on this subject, we've got so little time left, uh, I want to get your comments uh, on what you heard the doctor say. And uh, let's go to uh, Barry in Kansas. Barry, welcome. Hi there, yes. I just have a concern um, why we're not using traditional uh, vaccines. Uh, The way I understand it, there uh, is a vaccine out that's called Covaxin uh, that is uh, used under the format of the traditional style of vaccine where they take a dead virus and uh, introduce it into your body and your antibodies to to fight it like they've used in vaccines for years. But yet our government won't allow this to be allowed into our country. We're only allowed these RNA uh, vaccines that uh, haven't been tested and and have had, uh, according to open bears, uh, death rates of uh, 12,000 people uh, and numerous thousands of people being uh, injured. Uh, yeah. I, I just want to throw that out there. Um, I'd like to get your comment on it. And um, if there's a way that we can uh, get our government to at least look at this, to allow this to be an option for us. Well, i tell you what, Barry, rather than me responding to something that I, I really have no expertise with which to respond uh, I'm going to bring on another medical expert at some point in the not-too-distant future to deal with this very issue. Just what kind of of so-called vaccine is this? Um, You've just suggested the, the traditional vaccine, which introduces a portion of a dead virus into the human body versus these RNA vaccines. I, I, am, I, I will do some research on it uh, after I'm off the air later today, but that's something we need somebody who's an expert to really talk about this stuff with some authority. Uh, But look, I'll tell you this. I am skeptical of the whole thing now because so here again, when you hear a medical researcher and doctor, uh, an epidemiologist of, of really renowned credentials say we've been propagandized, we've been misled um, that this thing only lasts three to six months uh, that it is not as effective as natural immunity, that it produces covariance. Um, wow. Uh, I mean, variance, I should say. <laughs> Man, that that's here again. It, it, it gives you pause because here this is not some politician trying to say what he thinks people want him to hear. What, what's trying to say what he thinks people want to hear. Uh, this guy has given his life to science and medicine. And is, is saying, I'm, I'm concerned and upset that we're getting propaganda and misleading information. I wonder how his colleagues at Yale feel about that. Let's go to Lee in Texas. Lee, welcome. Oh, thank you. Uh, I wanted to let you know that I have gotten so much information um, to say that, in general, the government, this is an agenda that they have with the WHO to... Uh, to el- eliminate, well, they've said about 90% of the population because they're so concerned about global warming. It's part of um, yeah. um, Gates' plan as well. And uh, there was a uh, information, uh, a video that showed 12 years ago, uh, 
in the, the, an interview with Dr. Rima Labo, I think that's where you pronounce her name. She was the wife of General Stubblebine that I'm not familiar with, but they gave his credentials that he at the time was uh, in charge of. I didn't write that down, but anyhow, he was high okay. in the uh, military. But it, she said that uh, the time is coming soon, and she left the country because she didn't want to be. Uh-huh. You know, I've got to. Uh, I've got to go, Lee. You got to get to the point. She said what? Okay. Well, anyhow, she said that they're going to start putting squalene. The U.S. government would to induce a pandemic. That was 12 years ago. She said, if you take wow. it, it will affect everybody around you, and it will become okay. a genocidal homo, uh, holocaust. Okay. All right, Lee. All right. Thank you for the call. That you know. Here again. How many people out there are conspiring to eliminate 90% of the population? I don't know. Does anybody out there who thinks that way? Probably. Um, does Bill Gates think that way? Does Bill Gates think that way? I don't know. Um, that that's a bridge a little bit too far for me, Lee. 90% because here again, how do you even how do you even hope to do that? Um, but who knows? Uh, you know, at this point, I'm just I'm still reluctant to embrace what appear to me to be conspiracy theories, when you say they, then I then we have to talk about, well, who are these they that want to eliminate 90% of the population and think that this is the way they're going to do it? Uh, so, uh, folks, all I can say is each of us has to be a student and each of us has to study this information, look at it carefully, see what's there. It, it, I can speculate about all kinds of things, I can't prove all kinds of things, and so I try to distinguish between my speculations and what I think there's evidence of. So, uh, And I, I would just recommend all of us just do the same thing. Uh, okay, but thank you for the call, Lee. Uh, let's go to June in Tennessee. June, welcome. Greetings, sir. Greetings to you, June. You are a blessing to me every time I hear you on the radio. I'll just make it real short. Uh, know that everybody got excited about the vaccines because the FDA approved them, and the FDA approved cigarettes, too. Did you know that? <laughs> right. That's a very good point. <laughs> yes, and uh, I did. I'm, I'm 68 years old, but I'm very healthy, 68-year-old, and I have not been vaccinated, but I did uh, catch COVID from a friend who had been fully vaccinated and they got it. And I really? I stayed in for 10 days. And um, let me just tell the listeners, if you do get it, don't go to the hospital. Stay at home. Get out and get fresh air. Change your sheets every day. And don't sleep in the same clothes every night. Make sure that you don't lay in the same germs that you did the night before. And drink tonic water because it has quinine in it. Well, June, well, listen, thank you so much for the call. But I think the most interesting thing, June, that you said is you caught it from a friend who had been fully vaccinated. And see, folks, here again, I I don't know how far to spin this out. I don't think I'd go as far as some people would go, obviously. But why isn't the CDC keeping a record of vaccinated people who contract covid why? I mean, don't we need to know that? Don't we need to know the efficacy of the vaccine, uh, so-called, the shot, as some prefer to put it? And if people are catching COVID from people who've been fully vaccinated, don't we need to know that? As uh, Dr. Uh, Rich said, Vaccinated people are producing the variants. Really? Wow. Because, you know, I think everybody's been wondering where are the variants coming from? He made clear they're coming from vaccinated people. Folks, that's a bombshell. And you want us all to go out and get vaccinated so what we can produce more variants? A lot of questions. Sadly, not a lot of answers and virtually none from our government that we can actually trust. So, folks, here again, we are we are free human beings and a free nation and we make our own decisions. But remember this, folks, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we 
are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.